Welcome to the Aaron Church Podcast, where our mission is bringing life to everyone, everywhere, every day. Each podcast episode features the latest talk from our church, which are released weekly. We're passionate about Jesus, love to worship together, and are committed to changing our community for the better. Connect with us at aaronchurch.com. Welcome to you all on this Easter Sunday. This is going to be the hottest day of the year so far, I think. So welcome on this amazing Easter Sunday where we celebrate that Jesus is alive. So I was thinking, I'm preaching uh, and I'm going to be just talking about uh, Jesus being alive. And I was, think, I was thinking we could get a bit Pentecostal today if we wanted to, couldn't we? Because it is Easter Sunday, isn't it? Like, do you know what Pentecostal means? Have we got any Pentecostal roots people in this room? Ave, you are, aren't you? Give me a shout. Uh, So um, we are celebrating, Pentecostal really is like, uh, well, when you get into a Pentecostal meeting, people like shout and they go, amen. And they shout, yes, we're with you. And they're like, this is the truth. And, and everybody gets excited. Uh, we don't normally do that here. We're normally quite subdued, you know. We're normally quite, um, you know, like, oh, we're not going to get too excited about this. But this is truth that we're talking about today. So I just want to give you permission If you want to get excited today and just shout, yes, I agree. Rodney, you agree, don't you? You agree. Um, So if you want to get excited, then feel free to, because we are celebrating today. And sometimes when we put our light, we're all in it together, aren't we? We're all in it together, celebrating what Jesus has done. So, okay, so... We have got Jesus' friends. Jesus' friends have gone through, and his family have gone through the most traumatic weekend of their lives. They started by having a meal together in which Jesus said things which they didn't fully understand or get, but they uh, were, were knowing that they were heading towards something. And then Jesus was arrested. Uh, Peter had cut off the ear of one of the soldiers. Uh, Judas, Judas, you've got to remember that Judas was their friend. Judas was the person that they travelled with and spoken with and, and lived with for three years. And Judas had betrayed Jesus with a kiss in the most terrible way. They couldn't understand what was going on. And then he'd taken his life. Their friend, Judas, this was all going on. And then Jesus had been taken, taken and... Um, and was tried and he hadn't said anything and he hadn't protested and he injustice was being done and they felt so helpless his friends and his family and the people that loved him they felt so helpless what's what's going on we don't understand what's happening why isn't Jesus speaking up why isn't God doing something why isn't something happening here and then he was taken and he was beaten I mean the most cruel beating that you could ever imagine it beatings in itself killed people his his back would have been ribbons he was die- he was bleeding and a crown of thorns then placed upon his head stuck into his forehead 
and he was mocked. Can you imagine that? The mocking, the laughing, the spitting at him, the laughing at him. You say you're king of the Jews. You're nothing. You're nothing to us. He walked through the streets with wood on his shoulders, with carrying his cross, and then was nailed in the most cruel way to that cross through his hands and his feet. I can't imagine what those followers of Jesus thought. I mean, Peter, he was so scared, he betrayed Jesus. He'd been asked, do you know Jesus? And he said, no, I don't know him. I've got nothing to do with him. I have no idea who he is. Terrified of what was gonna happen. He betrayed Jesus, his own friend, the person he'd walked with. He betrayed him. And then, can you imagine like the feeling as they watch Jesus die and he shouts out, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? What would you think? The man that you'd followed, the man that you'd pinned everything on and he, he's shouting about God forsaking him. And then he shouts, it is finished. Well, we read, we look at that, it is finished. And we look at that in a completely different way to what would have been looked at by the friends and disciples. They thought it was finished. The whole, the dream, the life, the, the following Jesus, it was finished, it was gone, it was dead, it was buried, it was, it was gone. Everything that they'd hoped for, dreamed for, everything they'd invested their whole lives in, they'd left their jobs and their families to follow this man and he's gone, he's finished, it's all gone. His disappointment is crushing. Have you ever felt disappointment that crushes you? They couldn't understand what the plan was, what was going on, the the fear was overwhelming. The disillusionment. The, can you imagine that Saturday waiting? It was the Sabbath, so nobody could do anything. They had to just wait. And they were, they, they were reeling from it all, reliving the events of the day before, reliving what they'd just seen, like videos going round and round in their heads. And Peter, he was just racked with guilt, just racked with the feeling of that he'd, he'd missed the boat. He'd, he'd let him down in the worst possible way. The feeling that would have been going on. And then, of course, Sunday came. Mary runs down. She goes down to the tomb early in the morning to go and put spices on the body. And she runs down and she sees that the tomb is empty. They don't at that point think, oh, oh, obviously Jesus is alive. They think somebody's taken him. But there have been guards there all night. They were very, very upset about Jesus dying. And they, so they made sure that there were guards there. The Romans had made sure there were guards there so there could be no uh, talk about Jesus' uh, body being moved or anything like that. And there they were. There she was. The tomb was empty. There was no one there. What's going on? She, then she meets Jesus. She knows it's Jesus. Jesus is alive. He's risen from the dead. He's alive. He's alive, everyone. <laughs> he has, he has, he's risen. Their pain, their disappointment, everything. It, it, it's gone. He's alive. 
This is the greatest day in history. This is the day where everything changes for us. Everything. You know, everything that Jesus said about Himself, He said that He was the Messiah. He said that He was the Son of God. He said that He was Lord. He said all of those things. Well, what did that matter when He was dead? But when He comes alive... It's like, there you go, everybody. I told you I was the Son of God and here I am alive. Now, we could think, well, this is a bizarre story, isn't it? Like, who comes alive? Like, in today's age, who comes alive? But the thing is that the, the, the tomb was empty. All they had to do to suppress the rumour that Jesus was alive was to show them the body. That's all they had to do. The rumours weren't helpful to the Romans. The rumours weren't helpful to anyone that Jesus was alive. All they had to do was show them the body. But they couldn't because there isn't a body there. There was no body there. They got the, the disciples, they hadn't moved the body. They were terrified. You can hear from Mary's reaction. She's not even expecting anything. There was no body. Jesus was alive and that that day has changed everything for us. It means that everything Jesus said about himself was true. It means that everything that Jesus lived for was true. And that has a big impact on us here today. It is the greatest day in history. It is the most amazing thing that has happened to us and our world and will ever happen. And we need to celebrate it because we are set free because of that. So Jesus said that he was the Messiah. He said that he was, he was a teacher, the most amazing teacher. And he was Lord. He was the Lord. He was the King. Now we live in a post-Christian era. What I mean by that is that 50 years ago, we would have all gone to church. Maybe we would have gone to school and sung hymns. Everything in our culture was very much based on Christianity and the Bible. You would have, if you're, oh, if you are, uh, you know, well, maybe 70 up, you would have sung, um, you would have sung hymns in school. Uh, all of our laws are based on uh, the Bible and what Jesus said. We live in a post-Christian society and culture right now. And that, that doesn't mean, so 50 years ago, it was very strongly Christian. Uh, most people would say that they're Christian. Uh, right now we live post-Christian. It doesn't mean that Christianity doesn't influence us. It, doesn't, it isn't part of our lives and part of our culture. It is. But I want to tell you something that I think is different about how we live now. I think that people in this world and in this culture, I think they love the kingdom of God. They don't call it that. I know they don't. But I think they love the kingdom of God. Everything that the kingdom of God brings. What does the kingdom of God bring? It brings justice. It brings peace. The kingdom of God brings hope. It's generous. It's positive. It's life-filling. It's the best place to live under. People want the kingdom of God. They don't want anxiety in their lives. They want the stuff that the kingdom brings. They don't want to be bound up. They want the freedom that the kingdom brings. They don't want to be uh, living their lives hopeless. They want the hope that the kingdom brings. They want to love. They want the kindness. They want everything that the kingdom brings. People in our culture, that's what they want. But I'll tell you what they don't want. And that is the king. They want everything that the kingdom brings, 
but they don't want the king. They, and I watch it even, I watch it in society, in our culture, but I also watch that seep into the church. Those values seep into the church. Oh yeah, we want, we all want Christmas, don't we? We want to have a holiday. We want the generosity of that. We want the rest and we want the joy of that. But most of the people in the world don't want the king. They just want the holiday. Easter, we've just had four days. Four days, those days designated to celebrate our king, our Lord. Most people are like, oh, this is a great time, isn't it? Let's, let's have lots of Easter eggs. Let's, let's, let's go out. Let's have fam- we'll have the family time. We love the family time. We love the kingdom, but we're not too keen on the king. Like, that's not exactly what we're into. Even in the church, sometimes we value the things of the kingdom, but sometimes we don't know about the king. And... Um, I think that there's lots of good reasons. There's, well, there's lots of reasons, let's put it that way, why that happens. We, we have, uh, when you talk about a king, when you talk about the Lord, Jesus, that means that he has authority over us. That means he is the Lord. It means we bow down to him. We say, we will go it your way. And do you know what? I think that many people are harmed by authority. They're harmed by power. They've been manipulated and... Many of us have experienced what isn't good power and we're not sure sometimes about a king. We're not sometimes sure about the authority that Jesus brings. But I want to tell you a little bit about the king, Jesus. Let me tell you. Jesus, he is a king like no other. No other I've ever read about or even seen. His mother was a teenager, just an ordinary girl who said yes to God. He was the son of God, but he never claimed or used his power or privilege to promote himself. The last three years of his life, he was homeless. He went to parties and he sat at meal tables with, that no, with people that no one else would go near. He reached out to sex workers, women who had cheated. He showed people new possibilities. He opened a door into a different life, a life most people could only dream of. He welcomed tax collectors, cried for cities and for his friends. He healed and confronted and taught and stood alongside people. He was a good friend, a best friend a leader who couldn't, didn't control or manipulate, but always told the truth. He loved in a way that blew people away. He forgave. He touched lepers that no one would go near. He didn't just walk the walk, he talked the talk. He had the guts to stand up to evil. He fought for the underdog. He stood up for people that no one else would He put his life, his reputation on the line time and time again. He forgave, he freed people, he humbly walked this earth. He bought, he bought the kingdom of God. He gave his life, beaten and mocked and betrayed and hated and was tortured beyond anything and died a cruel death. He gave himself for me 
and for you. Jesus, my King, he is gentle and forgiving. He is generous. He is beyond anything I can describe. He walks with me when I'm desperate. He sits with me when I'm sad. He carries me when I fall. He speaks to me in the most creative and beautiful ways. He gently leads me. He holds me. He encourages me. He fights for me. He laughs with me. He speaks truth to me. He heals my brokenness. He works through my vulnerability. He never gives up on me. He's patient with me. He sees me. He knows me. Sometimes I don't understand him. He intrigues me and inspires me. But there's no one like him. And no one loves me like he does. He loved me at my darkest. That's my King. That's my King Jesus. We don't put ourselves under the authority of someone who doesn't care, wants to manipulate. We bow the knee to our King who went, the, who went before us, who did it all for us. He knows what it is to suffer. And that's who our King is. That's who Jesus is. We, that, do you know what? We want the Kingdom of God. Of course we do. But the best bit about the kingdom is the king. It's the king. So, uh, you know, when the, when the veil was torn, there was, there was a massive uh, veil that was torn in two when Jesus died. It was in the temple from uh, the ordinary people to the holy of holies. That veil has been torn today. It invites us into a relationship with Jesus. It helps us to see things that maybe we've never, ever seen before. It's the most amazing day today where we get to see Jesus and all that he has done for us. So um, I wonder, uh, uh, what, what stops us finding Jesus? What stops us? Uh, I think sometimes we don't know how to trust Trust is difficult and knowing who to trust sometimes is really difficult. Uh, many of you will know that my mum, she died uh, about four years ago and uh, she, she had a brain hemorrhage. So she uh, quickly was not with us, but went into hospital for a week. And I can remember very, very clearly uh, praying for her every day. I prayed, God, raise her from the dead. You know, God, you can raise her from the dead. Come on, God. I'm praying that, you, uh, that, you, that she wakes up tomorrow and is having a cup of tea when I go in. And then I can remember very clearly on the third day waking up and saying, God, raise her, I pray. I, I prayed and prayed and prayed. And I went in and uh, she, 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 she died. She died. And I can remember that feeling of not knowing exactly how to process it because uh, in your mind you think, well, um, either that God doesn't love me that much because God could have done that or else God isn't that powerful. And do you know what? Uh, God walked with me through that time. And I believe with all of my heart that God is both powerful, all-powerful, 
and all good. I know that at the very core of me and sometimes we have to fight for that and sometimes we have to sit in that and sometimes we have to work that through. But I know that whoever you are in this room right now, God is good and you are loved. You are loved beyond measure. You are loved in a way that you will never ever understand or ever imagine. And God is good. He is powerful. We don't understand everything, but He is good. So I'm just going to give us an opportunity right now to let's close our eyes and let's think where is, is God, is Jesus the King in your life? Is He the Lord? He's, is, he, um, is He the boss? Is He the leader of you? And maybe you think, no, He's not. And maybe you want Him to be. And children, this is for you as well. Um, I, just, just have a think about what Jesus means to you. And when, when we, as Christians, when we follow Jesus, there's a few things that we do. One is to, it's an old-fashioned word, it's called repent. Repent isn't a very um, a good word for maybe today, but it was good in Jesus' day. And basically it meant turn around. Turn around from uh, your, the place that you're walking, the place that you're going, turn around from that. Turn around. So the first thing when we say we want to follow Jesus is to turn around. The second thing is that we believe. We say, I believe Jesus that you died. I believe Jesus that you were raised for me. I believe this. The third thing that we can do is say, I want to follow you, Jesus. I want to follow you. Not, um, he would really be talking to us like as his apprentices, come and follow me. Come and follow me. Where Wherever I lead, come and follow me. So if you want to, right now, close your, let's close our eyes and think, Jesus, if you think, I want to I wanna follow you, Jesus, today. I want to make you Lord of my life. And maybe for some of you, you feel that um, you've, you've lost a bit of that that you have become a bit more the Lord of your life and you want to recommit your life to God right now. Or maybe you've never known Jesus and you want to say, I want to follow you, Jesus. I want to follow you. I want to find out about you. I want to find out about this man who loves me. So right now, just in your hearts, just have a conversation with God. Say what you want to him in your minds, just in your hearts. And then for anybody who wants to give their lives to God or recommit your life to God, just very simply, I'm going to pray and you can pray similar words with me. Father God, I thank you for dying for me. I thank you that you rose again. I don't understand it all, but I know there's something in this. And I pray God, that you forgive me for the stuff that I've done that I shouldn't have done and the weight, of the, the weight of that on me. And I just pray, Father God, that you would come and fill me with your Holy Spirit and I want to follow you the rest of my days. So I commit to you, the King of Kings, and say, I will follow you. Amen. 
I wonder if anybody prayed that today. Just give me a wave. Anyone who has prayed that today. That is brilliant. Amazing. God bless you in your journey as you continue with God and just continue to commit and walk with him. Okay, band, come on up. I'm going to... I think that it would be really, really good to think about the things that maybe are dead in us as well. Uh, When we think about resurrection and Resurrection Sunday and the whole thing has been blown away and we've been thinking very much like of the dandelion and how the dandelion seeds, uh, it, it, it dies and then it gets blown away and it spreads everywhere and there's dandelions everywhere and that's really what we wanna see happen in Um, in in our community. We want to see all of our community come to know God. The dead dead things out there, the hopelessness, we want to see our community find God. And so, um, and also the dead things in us. Maybe there are things in us that we think, oh, there's there's passion in me that's died. There's, um, there's, uh, maybe your faith has died a bit. And uh, we just want to, say, God, we give you the dead things in our lives and we pray your resurrection in us. Let's stand together, shall we?